Day of January 2023. I'm Freddie Bell and with the morning team, which includes Chantel Sings at the controls. Good morning, Chantel. Good morning, Freddie Bell. How's it going? Unbelievable. What's the color of the day? Today's color of the day is canary yellow. So try canary yellow today and shout out to Minneapolis and St. Paul. Getting ready for the weekend. Thank you guys both for waking up with the morning show. All right. Glad you're with us. And today is National Disc Jockey Day. So if you've got a favorite DJ, club DJ, radio DJ, honor them today. Send them a shout out and say thank you for spending the vinyl or playing the digital selections. Mm-hmm. There you go. And today's words to the wise, challenge yourself. Today's words to the wise, challenge yourself. You know, this is a day to stop being a, a, a wandering generality and being a dynamic specific by challenging yourself. I think I get, uh, I think throughout my life, I can't go without doing that, you know? I think that's just what keeps you, keeps you growing and keeps you strong, keeps you building. You have to challenge yourself. I love a good challenge. I don't really? mind. Yeah. As long um, as I'm not up too high or down too low. Oh, you knew where I was going, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me to jump off, like jump out of a plane or, you know, all that skydiving and scuba, scuba diving and all. No diving for me. Just... On the ground is fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, since uh, late November, a new subvariant of Omicron called XBB.1.5 has steadily been getting traction in the U.S. during Thanksgiving week and made up just 1% of COVID 19 cases in the country. That, according to data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And it's picked up speed over the holidays, and now it makes up more than 40% of all cases nationally. However, we're seeing this morning that COVID trends here in Minnesota are staying stable even with the presence of new variants. And I'm just wondering, is it time to take our guards down and remove the mask? Dr. Michael Osterholm, he joins us right now. What do you think? Well, good morning, Freddie. And let me give a shout-out to one of my favorite DJs, to you, Freddie. Uh, we've, been doing this now, we've, we've been doing this now for uh, quite a while, and it's always an honor and a pleasure to be on with you. I appreciate that very much. Somebody you're, you're close an important to the, voice. Well, thank you. And a person that's close to the president and people who make decisions regarding our country and those around the world, it's also a pleasure being with you as well. Good. Well, well, you first of all, you teed it up very, very well in terms of what the current situation is. And I think as I've shared with you in past interviews, you know, every morning the first thing I do when I wake up is I try to chip off the five inches of accumulated mud on my uh, crystal ball and uh, <laughs> see what, what's going to happen from there. And, and it's, it's a humility. It's, you have to have a lot of humility to be in this business right now. So what's going to happen? Well, we don't know, and we have to say that. Um, you know, we've had experiences in the past where we've had variants merge in one part of the country and not spread to other parts of the country. Uh, so this new XBB 1.5 that you talked about, in fact, really is uh, a real concern in the Northeast. But although it does appear that the number of cases are beginning to level off and even drop in some locations, as you noted, we have not seen it increase here. So I think the concern, though, is, is that this news may sound like we're done and over. And this virus just continues to throw curveballs at us. I mean, look what it's doing in China right now. It, the situation in China is by far the most dire in the entire pandemic. Um, there's estimates that just in recent weeks, anywhere from 60,000, but as high as 600,000 people have died in China. And so, you know, the virus isn't done yet. It's continuing to mutate. It's continuing to change. 
We can only hope that every month is the last month that we're going to see cases around the country uh, or around the world, but I think that uh, that's just not going to happen soon. Are some of the symptoms of the XBB different than what we've seen before? We were just talking with Chantel here in the studio about uh, in, about uh, different uh, symptoms. Chantel, can you outline yeah. that? Yeah, I feel like uh, I had some, uh, some uh, around Thanksgiving time, I had COVID before this, uh, Thanksgiving of last year. Um, with the mm-hmm. symptoms of body aches and, you know, extreme fatigue. I couldn't stand for longer than like two minutes. Uh, but this time around, I had a really bad sore throat for about a month. I had extreme fatigue, but that's kind of where it stopped. And I wouldn't, I didn't test for COVID, but I felt like maybe I had this variant. What kind of symptoms yeah. would that be kind of the symptoms for this new variant? Well, you know, it's interesting, Chantel, that you, you bring up the fact that you had it before. And surely you have some protection in your immune system from previously been exposed to the virus. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that wanes over time, meaning that the protection drops as you kind of age the immune response. And so what you're talking about with these different kinds of illnesses surely sounds very consistent with what could be the case with COVID. I think the really good news is, of course, you didn't get severely ill and need hospitalization for either of them, which says that future episodes likely will do the same with you unless we just see a variant that changes so much. So, but that's one of the, this is not an uncommon presentation that you, you talked about. Now, the other good thing it sounds like is you've not gone on to develop long COVID. And, of course, that's a concern we've had for anywhere from 20 to 30 percent of the people who get COVID. Then go on and have these long-term chronic symptoms, severe fatigue for day after day after day, you know, brain fog, uh, in some cases, difficulty breathing. So, I mean, that's good news to hear that as many as although you've had two episodes, well, neither were serious and you don't sound like you have any evidence at all of long COVID. I feel like I'm at the doctor's office right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, that's why we have you here, so you can help interpret all this so it makes sense, okay? <laughs> You're doing a great job. So let's talk about that. You know, we've talked about uh, being in large crowds and uh, making sure that we're covered if we're immune, compromised. Or, or, but what about XBB? I'm wondering, it's, you mentioned how it's more contagious and it uh, avoids the vaccines. Is it likely to cause another surge in infections? Yeah, I don't think it's going to cause another surge in infections. And we have to really, I think, put the message out there loud and clear right now that as this pandemic has evolved and as we've gone through different periods of different variants and who's at risk. For example, in the earliest days of the pandemic, the strains of the virus we saw very rarely caused serious illness in children. And in fact, often children didn't seem to get infected. Mm-hmm. Where when Omicron emerged a year ago right now, over 700 kids died in this country from Omicron-related COVID. And so that it can change over time how and what it does. What we're seeing right now is by far the vast majority of the serious illness, hospitalizations, and deaths are occurring among those who are 65 years of age or older even in some cases taking it down as low as 50 years of age. And so one of the things that we have continued to emphasize, and I hope for your audience, you, they hear this loud and clear, the, this new booster vaccine is working and it's working well to reduce the likelihood of needing to be hospitalized, being seriously ill or dying. So, and we still only have a minority of people uh, vaccinated in this country who are 65 years of age and older. In some cases, it's lower than 30%. Some fortunate areas, it's higher than as high as 50%. But it's a long ways from everybody. And we could really, really do a lot to reduce the number of deaths 
and serious illnesses if we could just get people to get this new booster. If, particularly if you're, again, if you're over age 50, for sure. Yet the number of uh, people who are of color who are African-Americans seem to be getting, still getting the uh, COVID uh, disease at a rate that's three times their white counterparts. Uh, they are, although, you know, Freddie, one of the things that's also happened with the evolution of this uh, uh, virus over time is that, you know, the communities of color were hit really hard, very hard in the earliest days of the pandemic. Why? Because so many of them were essential workers who had to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. You know, places stayed open. We needed that. We needed to have those services. But there was, and there was no vaccine. In addition, we saw an increased number of individuals who lived in multi-generational homes where, you know, you couldn't protect grandpa and grandma if, in fact, you know, you were coming going to work because you had to go to work every day. That's beginning to change. And guess now what we're seeing is an increased number of cases and deaths, actually, particularly in those who have been unvaccinated, who are in uh, what would be considered classic red counties, where, you know, they're basically just, I'm not going to get vaccinated. That's actually where we're seeing more of the deaths right now, hmm. is in that population in those counties. So what would be your prescription for us today? How do we protect ourselves? I got a text right here that says, I've had four vaccines, Dr. Osterholm, Johnson Johnson 1 and 2, Booster 1, Booster 2. Do I have to get another stick to protect myself against XBB? What's your prescription for us today? Yeah, if you haven't gotten the new booster, I definitely get it. I got mine. I have five doses of vaccine on board. I've got mine. Um, and, you know, I think that this is one situation where, you know, we have to live our lives. We're going to continue to live our lives. Getting vaccinated uh, with that most recent booster is really very, very helpful. Number two is, you know, we have a kind of a, a policy at our home here because we we miss people. We want to be with people. So we have people come over. And here's what we do. You, can, you know, we can get together for an evening dinner, a, a wonderful time if you've not been with somebody who's had COVID in the last three days. Number two is if you have any symptoms yourself, even sniffles, then you're you're out. You can't come. Or number three, we just test, you know, six to two hours or so before the event and with the home test. And if you're negative, and, you know, we've been seeing a fair number of people over recent months, and we're still negative. I think you can do things like that. If you are someone who is particularly at risk for serious illness, older, have underlying health conditions, uh, you know, wearing your N95 respirator, the tight face-fitting mask, you know, the not the loose one, uh, that can really provide a lot of protection there. So I think it's things like that where we're going to go to, we got to keep living our lives what can we do to reduce the likelihood of having more severe illness? And if you just follow that, because of those steps right there, you can do a lot to reduce your risk. Should we go to the playoff games or the Super Bowl or just stay home and watch it on the new big screen? Well, first of all, you're asking me that today, not last week, okay? Because <laughs> last right. week I said, hey, man, we're all going. <laughs> we're going to load up that jet and go, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, uh, that's been a bad week for us here. So, uh, right. yeah, you know, I think, again, you can be in public spaces and crowds. I still continue to wear my N95 respirator. You know, go to, I go to concerts. I I go to events like that, but I wear that. And, you know, I'm an old guy, you know. I'm, I'll be 70 years old in a few days. And... Uh, 
Happy you know, birthday. in that regard, in that thank you. In that regard, I uh, you know I'm at risk for it, so I do that. Take that extra step to protect myself. I'm not young like the two of you. You know, you guys have the benefits of youth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor has jokes too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> doctor Osterholm, Michael Osterholm, thanks so much for enlightening so it's us. Good to, it's good to be with you guys. Thank you very much for thanks what for, you do to get the information out. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Thanks for keeping us safe. Bye bye. Bye. 18 past 7. <laughs> uh, great conversation. Good to get an update. Uh, Dr. Michael Sahome always gives us uh, a realistic update on uh, the just COVID-19 in general, all the different variants. We want to know, you know, what what's, what's the latest? What's the current? What should we do now moving forward? So it's good to see that it's a little more optimistic now than it was in the past interviews. It was a little more scary. Before he was saying, stay inside, hide right. your wife, hide the kids. <laughs> and since he's going out and doing things, then we can go out. Well, you know, I kind of gauge what I do based on what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's gotten the vaccine, but it, folks weren't coming to his house. He hadn't seen his grandchildren yeah. for a long time. Yeah, and that's really sad. I'm glad that we're, we can be somewhat back. Yeah, we're, we're getting back that way. Mm-hmm. XBB, look out. Yep. All right. 19 minutes past 7 o'clock. What's up, Chantel? Neo's com- Neo is coming up. K. Michelle's coming up. Lauren Hill's coming up. Plus, uh, weather traffic and also Dear Friend is on the way.